the Clixie podcast with Tim Flagg. Insight, opinion and advice from the leading practitioners in digital marketing and e-commerce. If you've got the right kind of data across your business, you can see the impact that SEO has uh, in terms of traffic and in terms of orders. Your only conclusion would be that the SEO is a massively important area. This is the ClickZ podcast. I'm going to be talking to Nick Wilston, SEO lead at Vodafone, and learning about the key developments in search that marketers need to know about. But first, a quick word about the event. Where can you come together with leaders from the biggest brands and hear how they're using digital technology to transform their businesses? Join ClickZ and Search Engine Watch at Shift London from the 24th to 25th of May. In this two-day event for digital leaders, you'll get insights and inspiration from successful C-suite leaders on how to adapt and thrive in the digital economy. You'll hear about digital leadership, customer acquisition, customer experience and retention, and growth drivers from brands such as AO.com, Airbnb, Vodafone, John Lewis, Channel 4, and the BBC, to name but a few. So get inspired and illuminated at Shift London and meet the drivers of digital change. Visit digitalshift.london and quote promo code POD20 for an exclusive 20% discount. That's digitalshift.london. Meet the drivers of digital change. So I'd like to welcome Nick Wilsden to the Clixie podcast. Nick started his career in 1998, giving his first SEO seminar two years later in Brighton. And then after moving to Moscow, he became an expert on Russian search, working with gaming clients across CIS markets. During this time, he was involved in the Russian startup community, working with Yandex, RF Parliament members and the US State Department. Since his return to the UK, Nick has held a number of different roles at Arena Media, part of Havas, and within the Dentsu Aegis network, and then as the SEO lead at Vodafone Group, he is standardising and improving online performance across 22 markets and 55 partner markets. He is particularly interested in mobile SEO, cross-channel campaigns, and joining up the dots in a logical way. So I'm really looking forward to talking to Nick today about SEO and learning a bit more about how he's been rolling it out across Vodafone. So Nick, welcome to the Clixie podcast. Yeah, hi Tim. Uh, very, very good to be here. Thank you. Good. Well, Nick, one of the things we do first of all is just a, a bit of an introduction into you um, and finding out more about um, your your sort of background. So I've given a bit of a flavour there of what you've been doing, but could you just bring it to life a bit and, and tell us um, how you started in marketing? Oh, yeah, what I've been doing for the last 18 years. I'd say initially it was, it was very, uh, it was a creative, it was a very interesting area and it was very new. Um, Certainly, when my starting uh, my starting online, uh, I, I started as a web designer. Actually, uh, I was working with Shareware uh, back in the day with uh, Two Cows, and we were distributing the one of the early HTML editors. Uh, and we were competing against uh, Home Site, Nick Bradbury's uh, uh, platform that would then become uh, Dreamweaver, which a lot of people would know. Oh wow! Uh, yeah. yeah. So uh, so yeah, I was kind of working in Shareware, and, and the idea was that we uh, we built a website, we distributed the uh, our HTML editor. So I was teaching people to, to write HTML, but I was also trying to get downloads of the editor. So it was it was quite a kind of natural natural thing to kind of fall into marketing, online marketing, uh, because we knew that the number of editors we, we gave out, uh, 2% of those people would convert and, and would make sales for the business. So it was quite a good way of coming into it, really. Wow. And, and HTML back in those days was really mm. quite basic, wasn't it? And in, in terms of, you know, you compare it now, how we have things like Dreamweaver that make it so simple. Back then, you really had to hand code and go through each of those. Um, it's quite quite a painful process from what I remember. 
Absolutely, Tim. It was, uh, I mean, I, I remember writing websites for people at the, at the pub. I'd sort of get a bit of paper out and then put their website down for them. Uh, it, was, it was a very simple, well, it was quite simple back back in the day. It was a lot of tables. Uh, I remember when we all moved from tables, it was it was terribly painful for, for all of us to go to CSS layouts. Uh, but yeah, it was it was, uh, it was a very interesting area. It was very new. Uh, I'd, I'd kind of uh, fallen in, well, again, fallen into web design really from my university days uh, where I've been studying uh, online communities. Uh, so my final uh, thesis at, at uni uh, was basically to uh, to put a questionnaire out, and, and I think the usual university thing was to go around the campus and ask twenty people, twenty of your friends usually, um, uh, these questions and kind of bring this back and, and write this up into a thesis. So I uh, I bought sociologyproject.com at the time and uh, I put this online, uh, and, I, and I managed to get sort of around two thousand respondents, uh, which uh, really sort of opened the, uh, well definitely for my professors. It really opened their eyes to the opportunities online and, and wow. how you could really sort of carry out much bigger surveys, sort of using those online communities. And, and I think the uh, well, the funny bit really at the end of the university, they had to hand back the uh, domain name. Which oh no! Because uh, the sociology department was so worried that I, I basically owned a bit of uh, you know something that belonged to sociology as a discipline. So they uh, they were very worried about me uh, sort of walking off the university owning this domain name so I had to sort of transfer transfer the ownership back to the uni which is quite quite funny looking back and and then you're so pioneering the use of online surveys I mean that's that's quite a good number of respondents to get to a survey and uh, you know back in back in those days yeah it was, it was, it was a brilliant way of kind of getting into the net and, and uh, writing a website using forms uh, and, and really kind of using the internet for, for a purpose uh, yeah. so yeah it was a very good way of getting into it and it, it was a great area to be in I mean it was very exciting uh, Online marketing had really just begun then. Uh, there, there were people writing about it online. Uh, Danny Sullivan, you know, one of the great pioneers, sort of started writing about it. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a very new area, and that we were learning sort of new things every day, really. So it was, it was very exciting. And what have you been doing since then? Since those early days when you started off um, with some of those companies. Ah, so yeah, well, uh, I, I think I set up an agency in Brighton, but I think I was about sort of six years, seven years too early, really, to do that. Uh, I think a lot of the older SEOs will, will recognise that, that, you know, back in the day we, we were all kind of individuals uh, and we all kind of worked uh, in a very, very, very solitary kind of way and there wasn't this kind of agency level SEO that exists today. Uh -huh. uh, so, yeah, I kind of set up an agency for a while. Uh, I then decided to go to uh, Russia, which was uh, quite quite different. Uh, so I went off to uh, Ivanovo, which was 350 kilometres north of Moscow, uh, and set up an agency Sounds there. cold. It was very cold, yeah, <laughs> very, very much so too. Fact, was, minus was, forty, minus forty in the winter. Wow, was, was there something specific that um, took you out there because of the technology or because of clients? Uh, I'd say it's, it's the uh, the love of my life, my, my wife. Uh, so oh. she definitely uh, brought me out there. Oh, fantastic! Uh, but yeah, I recognised it was a really good place to be working from, and and being online, you could work from any location. So it, it was very easy to go there, build out uh, a large group of developers, and then I kind of ran the largest uh, IT firm. In, in Ivanovo for several years uh, and I was doing a lot of back-end work for uh, SEOs around the world. Uh, I sort of built out Svin, which some of the older SEOs will know. Uh, I uh, did a lot of stuff in the, in the gaming sector, sort of building tools, back-end tools uh, that, that a lot of the, uh, the SEOs kind of used and bought off me. Uh, so yeah, it was, it, was, it was a fun time. And, yeah. and what was happening in the Russian technology scene at that time that was making it so distinct? Because I remember, you know, there's been quite a few um, proprietary bits of technology that have come out of Russia. But what was the one thing that you remember that was really distinct? I think it was the development of Yandex. Uh, and I certainly, I mean, I became very good friends with the CEO of Yandex. 
and it was a very interesting project. And a lot of people don't realise that Yandex sort of started a year before Google. Um, and there's a lot of technology that Yandex bring out that, that I'm sure Google look at and, and have one eye on, uh, especially if you sort of think about recent developments such as uh, moving on beyond the link graph. They've run some tests across their engine. Uh, and I'm sure Google kind of looks at Yandex to, to, to see what they're doing as another sort of large-scale search engine experiment. Uh, so there was, there was a lot of technology coming out of Russia at the time and a lot of startups as well. Uh, the startup scene in Russia was particularly interesting uh, back then. Yeah. And then so what brought you back to the UK then? Yeah, so we kind of came back to the UK, uh, must be about five five years ago now. Uh, I think Russia is a, a great place and, and I really you know, I love the Russian people and I love the, the country. Uh, but I think we'd always planned, my wife and I had always planned when we had a family to sort of come back to the UK and and, uh, and work here for a little while just to get, get the passports. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. And so coming back here, you got stuck into the agency life. You were able to then use some of that insight that you'd got um, working in Russia to, um, to then help um, agencies deliver for their clients. Yes, absolutely. And, and I think the best experience I had in Russia was actually working for a PR agency uh, because I really get, got to see the other side of, of the equation, uh, sort of non-technical side, how, how campaigns are put together. And that gave me a huge head start in terms of uh, how, how you kind of think about content and how content works in SEO. Uh, so that, that was that was very interesting to come back then to Arena Media, uh, part of the Havas uh, group, uh, and I set up the the SEO department in in Havas. Uh, so that, that was a very interesting two years. Uh, and what would you say then have been the major changes over the last few years that you've seen since you've come back uh, and got involved in SEO? Well, I think the probably the biggest change for SEOs has been the, the move beyond uh, links and then the idea that we how we use content and how we interact with content. Uh, SEO has to be a lot more uh, engaged with other, with, with the wider uh, campaigns that are going on through a business. Uh, I think previously, previously to that, uh, SEO was kind of quite siloed and it was largely about sort of link acquisition. Uh, and, and now SEO is a much broader discipline. Yeah, you're seeing it being um, involved much earlier on in the marketing strategy um, and particularly as content becomes more important you, you know you see uh, a lot of the marketing directors asking um, what are the keywords that we want to hang our entire strategy or our, our content strategy off now um, so I can definitely see that absolutely but I'd say even beyond that the the idea that, that there's a digital element of any campaign uh, that the previously to this you would you would launch a large above the above the line campaign you'd then come to the the digital agency and you'd say like here's here's a small amount of money to do what you do independently in silo and and I think uh, businesses begin to realize that, that to get the best value for their campaigns they really have to have an integrated approach so you reflect what's happening in in wider campaigns and above the line in TV with what, what's happening online uh, if you look at kind of the uh, money supermarket they've, they've done some brilliant work in that area uh, where they do the adverts and then they also look at social media and online to sort of push out the dance moves and, and the other uh, kind of spin-off activities that, that, that relate to the larger campaign. And, and I think it's that kind of uh, connectivity and joined up thinking really that, that's changed the game. So just to break that down a little bit, you're also saying that um, in addition to the TV campaign, they might um, be aware that there's going to be several keywords or several areas um, which people are going to be searching for as, as a result of the TV campaign. And then they're, they're building some mini campaigns around those keywords. Is, is that right? Yes, ab absolutely. That's absolutely the way to approach it. And you're really it's having that basic understanding that, that people are watching a TV campaign or building awareness. And then the, the next action they have is to look up uh, on the phone or do a mobile search or to do a desktop mm. search and to find out more information. Uh, and it's a really kind of 
quite quite a simple logical thing. But I I uh, remember looking very closely at Barb figures when I was at Arena, mm -hmm. and you could see the Barb is the uh, the system in the UK that that tells us the the amount of people watching TV, watching uh, uh, watching certain programs, and you could see that the figures. Uh, in Barb, uh, very closely related to the search terms, the brand search terms that were then uh, being being searched for online. Interesting. So there's there's a definite relationship between what people see, especially on TV, and then how you carry through that campaign, how you carry through that journey, really, uh, in, into into online and into digital. Yeah, very interesting. I mean, of course, with television, being able to record how many people are actually watching and how many people are interacting has been one of the the biggest challenges and, and you mentioned Barb I mean that's um, based on a sort of a, an overnight survey um, and some uh, people who have some little joystick devices in their, their houses who record what they're watching mm. but it's actually quite an old-fashioned way when you think about it compared to all of the, the lovely rich digital data we've got now so being able to establish a way of um, using search terms um, to, to validate how people are interacting with TV show that that sounds pretty smart yeah, absolutely and then you're taking you're using digital as you say digital is much more measurable so then you have the digital element of that campaign, you measure the success, you, you take the uh, consumer through to through the journey, uh, and, and you really kind of leave a legacy to above the line campaigns, and, and I think that's something that creatives and, and traditional marketers can really appreciate. The fact that, that normal campaigns will have a, a short lifetime; they'll be going for four, eight weeks, uh, and then they're over. Uh, and if you have an interaction with SEO, then you have a legacy effect from that campaign that can often kind of boost the site or boost uh, uh, the consumer base for, for years to come. Yeah. So how important are links still for SEO? Is it something which the, the, yeah. the, so the brands are, are still working on um, developing strategies for link building or, or is that not so much? I, well, links are still very important and I think the, the there was a move, yeah, you remember, the move fairly recently to sort of push on social. Uh, and, I, and I think Google kind of came out quite strongly and said that social isn't as, as influential as, as people would like to think. Uh, Google is still a link graph. Uh, and, and that's the, that's the basis for the entire search engine. So, so links are enormously important. Uh, but I think the way we get links uh, has, has really changed. And certainly for big brands, uh, there are ways of, of getting links in a very natural way. Uh, if you take sort of uh, well, you know, telecommunications <laughs> as an example, uh, you know, if, if if you think through and have a very coordinated way in, in the way you launch a phone. Uh, if you have a, a sort of standard URL for the landing page uh, for the launch of the phone, you have a countdown, you, you give away assets to, to key journalists, you, you can build links in a, in a very natural mm. way. And, and I think the, the really clever part of, of enterprise SEO in terms of link building is, is how do you do that by leveraging kind of the PR and, and the weight of the business to build those links in a natural yeah. way rather than sort of this, this old idea of kind of, you know, we'll, we'll pay someone in Eastern Europe to, uh, to sort of give us yeah. 100 links. And in fact, I read um, recently on ClickZ that uh, Google are now engaging with bloggers to try and scare them a little bit um, and <laughs> asking them to have a no-follow on any links they do when they've been given a, a gift uh, in return for, for writing yeah. that sort of article. Um, so there's definitely um, Google aiming to try and um, restrict the way that, that sort of um, gaming works on, on link building. What about on-site SEO? Uh, you don't hear so much about that these days, but you know that always used to be one of the areas mm. that um, people could kind of get their heads into. And going back to you know using HTML and being able to kind of really um, optimize the page is that is that still something which people should be uh, getting involved with? Oh, ab absolutely, and I'd, I'd say technical SEO is making a resurgence. I'd, I'd argue against that. I'd say especially at enterprise level, uh, maybe not so much. I think for the smaller sites and smaller businesses, it, it's uh, SEO is going to play a much more all-rounder role. 
uh, where they're, they're building some links, they're working on content, and, and there's probably more gains for, for the a smaller business to be made in, in having a good content strategy. Uh, but at enterprise level, absolutely, technical SEO is, is yeah. essential. Uh, when you look at uh, you know, aspects such as sort of clean code, uh, mobile SEO, making sure your your uh, uh, the right pages are showing up uh, in the right place. Uh, th this is this is definitely all around technical SEO, and, and I can see the role of uh, a sort of enterprise SEO is it, we it can be a lot around sort of journey architecture. Uh, so we're sort of working out how people have that journey from Google into the site, and are they coming through on the right kind of page? Are they coming through to the right part of the site? And that's entirely uh, down to the technical on-page structure of the site and the way you organise your information. Yeah, and so I think um, that there, there definitely has been that sort of move now to um, get SEO. Uh, experts, internal experts involved a lot more in the site design, in the UX design um, a lot earlier on um, and helping to, to define that architecture, like you say. Um, just interested now to dig into a little bit um, how you made the move across from agency to client side. Um, I remember, I remember you know, four or five years ago, um, a lot of the, the SEO was done by agencies. You know, Frankly, the, the, sort of the clients didn't really have the expertise in-house to be able to invest um, and know exactly how to, to do SEO. But then uh, over the last couple of years, it seems there's been a lot um, more people moving from agencies to the client side uh, and SEO has become a, in a much better recognized function of a marketing team. Um, and obviously, you know, you, you've made that change too. So could you just talk to that a, a little bit? Yes, I think it has been that that is a trend that's happening at the moment. I think big, especially enterprises have realized that, that they need to have internal SEO resource. Uh, the, I was quite lucky in, in respect of Vodafone that uh, we had uh, Adam Stewart was previous sort of global head of digital uh, and Ed Fletcher uh, is the global head of uh, channels optimization and, and they're very thoughtful in the way that they approached SEO in that they, they sort of created a, a very small team of experts who then came uh, very centrally within the business and, and focused on performance and performance would be uh, everything from page speed, uh, load time, um, no time of the app, but also, of course, SEO, because SEO can, can relate entirely to performance. So that, that was very uh, th that was very forward-thinking, really, of the business to do that. And I think that's really helped with pushing SEO within an organisation of this size, because having worked on agency side, I know how difficult it is to work with large organisations. Yeah. You, uh, you often can't get the momentum to, to get the kind of changes that you need to happen. Uh, you're sort of kept at arm's length from, from the organisation, and you can't really... You know, make things happen. So you're you're forced into a position where you know you're doing a lot of link auditing, you're doing a lot of sort of link building, uh, but but you can't really you can't really work within that organisation in the way that you really want to. So I, I think there is definitely a role now for SEO to come centrally, but SEO also needs to kind of broaden it out, become more commercially aware, and, and realise that it touches on so many different aspects of the business. Uh, within uh, within Vodafone, I'm sort of looking at uh, retail and looking how we have a Ropo research online purchase offline strategy, how we interact with people coming into the stores, footfall, how we deal with the app, uh, how we uh, promote the app. It, SEO really does touch on so many aspects of the business. It, it's incredible, but you need you need to be in that central position to, to make that work. I think. And I, I suppose it probably reflects the growing um, share of traffic which SEO is bringing in. Um, and, and if you were to maybe sort of look over the last decade at the percentage of traffic that's coming from organic, um, you'd see a kind of like a nice steady um, upward tick. But what do you think are going to be the biggest changes 
that um, what will be the biggest changes in SEO over the next few years? Do you think that, that growth is going to continue? Uh, absolutely. I think the, the growth is going to continue, but it's obviously going to continue in mobile. And, and this will be the big change. I think uh, SEO has to become mobile first, uh, as development has done. Uh, so all of our SEO, we, we need to think you know, how, we're, how we're pushing the app, how we're optimising the app, how we're deep linking material from the app into Google search results, how we're using uh, tools like smart banners, smart app banners to, to encourage downloads of the app. Uh, so, so SEO, uh, and especially mobile SEO, has become an entire area in itself. And I've noticed that some SEOs are maybe a little bit reluctant to really make that jump. But I'd say that they, they really have to consider you know, the mobile aspect of SEO is, is really kind of coming forth first and foremost now. Could you just, in a nutshell, tell us what are the main differences between standard SEO and mobile SEO? Uh, <laughs> mobile SEO is certainly changing very quickly. Uh, you, you, uh, there's new developments literally on a daily basis. It's somewhat more technical, definitely more technical than uh, the normal SEO, you're not thinking so much, well, so much about the content. We, we have aspects like AMP, so uh, accelerated mobile pages, a framework that Google released recently to push out app content. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, it, it's, uh, it is a fairly technical area. Uh, you're working with architects, you're working with uh, performance specialists to, to, to really get the most out of, uh, out of the app performance. Does that also include um, personal assistance, things like Siri and Cortana, um, when users are increasingly now turning to, to those um, for their searches? Is that something that would be categorised under mobile SEO? Oh, absolutely, that would touch. Uh, voice, voice search is an entire other area. Uh, we, we have to think how people are searching online, how they're, they're finding uh, local businesses, how, how they're interacting with our sites. Uh, so absolutely, voice voice search is going to have a, a very big impact. And you mentioned their local search, which I know mm. is increasing in importance, particularly for retailers, and I imagine you know for Vodafone as well. In terms of you've got thousands of stores across the UK, um, but what are the real opportunities for being able to tie up um, local retail? outlets with um, local search yeah huge opportunities in that area and that, that's one of the uh, one of the strategies we're employing for for this year uh, as you say we've got a huge number of stores i mean 530 in the uk over 8,000 globally uh, so so we're obviously a good candidate for a, a good sort of local search strategy uh, there's there's huge amounts of tie up in terms of how we're pushing store listings uh, you can see Google, even in the last week, has been uh, talking about how they can push content from local stores in, into the carousel, into the search engine results, uh, how we can improve those listings, how we can get more more visibility. We, we know that uh, two out of five searches have a, have a local intent. Uh, Google's told us that. And we know that mobile searches are on the rise. So not to have a sort of local strategy would be you know, massively irresponsible. Obviously, that's something that you can do within Vodafone now. But what would your advice be for maybe people who are listening from um, companies where they rely more upon an agency? Um, is uh, local search something which the um, agencies are similarly able to um, deliver on? Do they have enough insight into businesses to be able to um, marry those two things together, local stores and the mobile presence? Uh, yes, your agency should should be able to give you a strategy for that, definitely. Uh, the uh, You should be... Uh, I mean, you should be pushing your, your agency really to, to, to explain to you what's the most commercially important aspects of SEO for you to do. And, and if you have a store presence, I would say local should be on, on your top five list. Um, yeah, make, make sure you've got an agency who understands sort of changes in Google, understands uh, what's, what's being developed and how to take advantage of that. And, and I'd say as a small business, you could probably do that in a, in a quicker way 
than, than a large enterprise because you can move much faster. So some of the recent developments, uh, I mean, local business cards, I'd be looking at that. This is, uh, this is an idea that you can put content directly from your, uh, your local listing into the search results, uh, and this will give you massive amounts of coverage. Uh, so go and, go and have a look at that opportunity and, and make sure your agency can sort of turn this around quite quickly. So we talked about quite a few of the opportunities coming up in SEO. What do you think are the major risks for um, brands who aren't using SEO or risks maybe of using SEO mm. for, for marketers? Uh, I'd say that the biggest risk is probably not taking it seriously enough. I mean, as you say, SEO traffic has grown substantially. And if you've got the right kind of data across your business, you can see the impact that SEO has uh, in terms of traffic and in terms of orders. Uh, and if you have that in front of you, then you would your only conclusion would be that the SEO is a massively important area. Um, so yeah, I'd say the risk is, is probably not taking it seriously enough, keeping it siloed and not putting enough investment in that area. Uh, and, and not letting it interact enough with other parts of your business to, to mm. get maximum opportunity. Uh, and I'd say the uh, the second, well, second probably greater risk is, is using the wrong people. Uh, I think there are, and, and having been in the SEO industry for as long as I have, I know there are some some uh, some agencies who don't perform as well as they probably should do. Uh, I'd say SEO isn't a black box anymore. Uh, SEO should be very transparent, and, and your agency should be able to explain to you very clearly what they're doing and what the commercial benefit is of that activity. Uh, so I'd, I would absolutely demand that for, from a brand. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's not good enough now to kind of give, give some money to, to an agency and kind of expect them to do some SEO, but not, not really report back on it or not see the benefit from that. Yeah, it has to be a lot more integrated these days. Mm. So you've given us a couple of um, tips already on things we could do, but it, are there one or two other practical things that marketers um, should be doing to, to really make the most of, of search uh, marketing? Yes, I'd, uh, well, I'd say I'd, it will kind of cross over into performance, I'd say. That should be your, your top priority, really, if you're running a website at the moment. I'd be making sure that my site was uh, running on a secure protocol, HTTPS. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason for that is, is that there will be ranking benefits for that. Uh, but more importantly, there's speed benefits. You're able to use uh, HTTPS2 which will greatly speed up your site. So that would be a very practical thing you could do. Uh, secondly, I'd be analysing your site really for, for the basics, for the SEO basics, which are, you know, have you got titles in there? Have you got descriptions that are appealing to users? Uh, do you have enough content on your pages? Uh, is each page unique? Is it focusing on, on a, a small group of keywords? And, and is that page unique within your site? Uh, so there's, there's many, many tools out there that can help you get that kind of information. And, and it, uh, you should kind of build that kind of SEO basics really into your, your whole production process. So uh, get, get a checklist, work your way through uh, the, the basics, the SEO basics, and make sure everything you're producing on the site kind of fits that, that level of quality. And you've mentioned some of the tools. Could you just um, maybe give us a, a few recommendations for tools you use or you'd recommend marketers use when they're starting off? Yeah, I'd say there's, there's a lot of uh, very well-priced tools, uh, things like Majestic SEO, uh, Ahrefs, um, SEMrush, yeah, they, they, these are all very good tools. Really, when you're starting off, and you get a lot of data data from these, uh, you don't really need to move to. I mean, as an enterprise, you need to think about more uh, complicated tools. And I'd say this way, you sort of think more about a platform. Um, and, and the reason for that is because you want to start capturing your keywords. And we lost the keyword uh, because Google moved to Secure Protocol. They moved to HTTPS. So we, we lost the search keywords, uh, the search keyword data. So the reason for moving to an enterprise platform is that you then regain that, that keyword view of your traffic and you can do some of the more advanced strategies. 
uh, where you'd look at groups of keywords and you'd decide on the journeys for those keywords. Uh, and, and those kind of platforms, you know, Search Metrics, Bright Edge, LinkedIx, th- these are all good, very good platforms. Okay, but that's that's really when you're making the step up to mm. um, enterprise level. So you've got huge amounts of data coming in and, and thousands of yes, keywords. Absolutely. Uh, if, you, if you're a smaller business, then I mean, a, a copy of Screaming Frog would be more than sufficient uh, to okay. get you on the road. That's great. Yeah, thanks very much for, for sharing those uh, insights there. Um, so what advice do you have for a marketer who's maybe listening to this and has come across a little bit of SEO, but actually really wants to get much more involved in SEO? Is it too late to, to get involved in SEO? And what would be the first steps if, if they wanted to find out more? Oh, no, never, never too late. No, and uh, I think the uh, any marketer really has to have a thirst for knowledge and to constantly want to learn. Uh, if uh, the, the, the scenario, uh, scenery is just changes too fast really so if you're not willing to, to relearn then you're going to you're going to struggle really i think that's true for any kind of digital digital discipline uh, so yeah it's definitely not too late uh, the best way is to do some reading uh, there's plenty of material online uh, the I mean, in terms of recommendations for that i would probably uh, i usually start with the moz guide i think rand and and his company have done very well on that uh, moz.com forward slash learn uh, forward slash seo uh, that, that's a very good place to get the basics. Uh, got that bookmarked. Yeah, I've got, I've got that in my memory, in, indelibly <laughs> yeah. in my memory. Uh, we go uh, conferences. Uh, I'd go, you know, Shift London is a very good conference to go to. Uh, go and hear some of the speakers and, and the strategies that are working for them. Uh, and and so, you're speaking there yourself. I, I am. I am actually, Tim. Yeah, so. So people can come along and hear you. Yeah, more, more than willing to come and ask me some questions. I'd be very happy to do that. Uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd do a lot of reading. Get one of the online uh, tools such as Evernote or Pocket and just start bookmarking huge amounts of material. Uh, learn learn which are good sources. Uh, Google's obviously a great source. Uh, uh, SE uh, Search Engine Roundtable, seroundtable.com, Search Engine Watch. Uh, maybe join Twitter. There, there's some very good, uh, and I've noticed this in the last kind of uh, year, that there's a lot of uh, Twitter chats now that have been developed. Uh, so if you look up hashtag SEMRushChat or hashtag PPCChat, you can often interact with a lot of the experts in, in the area and, and see what, what their views are on certain topics. Yeah, I, I think um, one of the challenges that marketers might be facing is it's great to have those resources where there's just so much information, but it's often knowing where to start and, and what's almost the, the most definitive guide to, mm. to introduce you to the, to the basics um, and something which is, which is not only introductory, but also up to date. Is there something you could recommend as almost that sort of primer to get them started? Yeah, again, I'd, I'd bring you back to the Moz Guide. Uh, I, I think that's fairly well trusted within the industry. And they have done a huge amount of work on that guide to, to bring it up to that level of quality. Uh, as you say, it's very it's very difficult online. I mean, anyone can write a blog, anyone can write uh, material online, and, and there's a lot of misinformation out there about SEO. Um, so it, it is quite difficult. I'd say stick with MozGuide initially, and then stick with your your trusted sources. Uh, Google Blogs are obviously quite essential. As a source of information, but but you'll learn very quickly from uh, uh, from reading which which sources are to be trusted. Uh, but then then again, it comes back to your own testing, and I think the best SEOs are the ones who actually try things out for themselves. And, and I think you really have to do that. And it's something I've always encouraged with, with my teams that I've I've trained up. Um, learn how to set up a website. I mean that that's. Uh, Sounds very basic, but it's very easy now. Uh, as you say, back back in the day, we were writing HTML. This was a huge effort, but now it's literally a case of launching WordPress and picking a theme. 
So it's not a it's not a very hard thing to do. So if you're interested in SEO, launch a website. Uh, look at the uh, the opportunities you have around affiliate marketing, affiliate linking. Uh, find a topic that you're particularly interested in, something that, that you know, uh, something that a hobby or something that you just spend you're very keen to write about, uh, and then uh, develop a blog on that topic and, and learn how you can kind of build up the visibility of that that material, or even write a, a blog about yourself. I mean, uh, as a as a marketer, build your own PR, uh, build up a uh, blog with your writings, your your comments on marketing, and and really try and get some visibility uh, for that, and try out these different SEO techniques yourself. And, and that's the best way really to learn. Uh, I, th I think I did that recently actually with, with AMP pages. So obviously the best way to learn uh, Google's new AMP framework isn't to roll it out across Vodafone. It's, it's for me to sit there on my personal site and, and uh, launch the AMP plugin uh, and, and see how AMP pages actually function. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's a really good um, challenge for marketers is actually to saying, go and try it out, go and get stuck into the HTML code behind WordPress or behind your CMS uh, that you're dealing with all the time. Because there's still thousands of pages out there which you know lack <clears throat> the H1 tag or the alt tags, yeah. um, you know, just the, those basics there. So um, just getting that understanding of HTML. And I think, frankly, most marketers nowadays should have an understanding of how HTML works and the, the basic SEO. You, you mentioned when you were hiring your team, um, the, some of the things you were, you were looking for there. Could you just bring that alive a little bit yeah. for marketers who are maybe thinking about trying to step into a role which involves more SEO? What are the key skills that you look for when you are hiring people into an SEO team? That's, it's a good question. Uh, I try and look for commercial awareness. I think it is is a very key skill. Uh, I've seen this so many times over the years that the, the SEOs can kind of you can't see the the wood for the trees. So you'll develop an audit and you'll audit entire website, but you won't be able to tell a business the five most important things to do now to get the most uh, return on their investment. Uh, the, the, having that commercial awareness is, is really important. And if you want to sort of move on beyond, uh, yeah, you know, it's a senior position in the SEO world. You really need to have that awareness across the business you're working in. Uh, and it's a great way of finding those opportunities as well, because when you become tuned to the, the opportunities within the business, uh, the commercial opportunities, you can then see how SEO can fit into them and help help uh, help feed those opportunities. Uh, I, I look for the, the ability of people to work with other teams. Uh, I think SEO it covers so many different areas, but it, it can sometimes uh, fall into a trap of kind of thinking that it's an expert in every area. And I think we've seen that with uh, content, we've seen it with performance, speed, and, and obviously they're, they're experts in these areas. You've got creatives, you've got architects. So, so you know, how well can you work with other teams and, and contribute to them uh, in a diplomatic way, uh, really to get the results that you need? Uh, and I think the, the, the third area I'd recommend for people is, is really around data. Uh, so understand data. Uh, the, we often talk about data and we talk about big data, but, but uh, really even at the lowest levels, it's just understanding analytics tools. Uh, it's understanding the data that, that's available from uh, sources such as you know, consumerbarometer.com, uh, thinkwithgoogle.com. You can get data from these sources and, and how to use this data to really direct your activity and, and to make convincing business cases. Um, and then could you just give us one example of something you're working on at Vodafone that you think might be interesting to the audience, something that you're particularly proud of? Uh, I would say, um, yeah, we're quite proud at the moment of, of, of the mobile work that we're doing. Uh, certainly been uh, implementing uh, smart app banners in, in the last few weeks, uh, which is a, a new initiative uh, that, that's come out that you can launch a banner, it's a meta tag, it's very easy to implement, it then interacts with your phone and, and it explains whether you've got the app 
already on your phone, on your device, or whether you need to download it. So that that's greatly uh, increasing the number of app downloads. And I'd say that's a very simple technique for businesses with an app to look at if they want an immediate opportunity. Uh, so yeah, I'd, I'd say definitely the, uh, I can't talk too much about the, the other mobile aspects, but I'm, I'm very proud of the way that we're moving forward with, with mobile SEO. That's great. And I suppose maybe people can hear more about um, your insights uh, at Shift coming up in May yes. uh, if, they want, if they want to find out a little bit more. So could you just tell us finally how we can find out more about you and then we'll say goodbye. Yeah, absolutely, Tim. Well, I'd say I'm most active on Twitter. So uh, at Nick Wilsden, uh, you're more than willing to, to send me a message. I'll, I'll chat with you. Uh, also, I do post occasionally at my blog, nickwilsden.com, uh, not as often as I probably should. Uh, but again, I'd say the, the best way to sort of speak to me at a conference such a shift, and, and I'll be more than happy to answer those questions in person over a cup of coffee. Nick, thank you so much for spending time with us this morning to tell us all about SEO and about your journey, uh, and most recently what you've been doing at Vodafone. I think um, we've taken a, a lot away there um, and a lot to think about and be inspired about what SEO is going to achieve over the next couple of years. So thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, Tim. Yeah. And I look forward to seeing you at shift i hope you've enjoyed hearing from our speakers today don't forget that you can hear them all live at shift london on the 24th and 25th of may visit digitalshift.london now and use promo code pod20 to claim 20 percent off the price exclusively for clicksy podcast listeners the two-day event in central London is hosted by ClickSee and Search Engine Watch, and you'll hear C-suite leaders discuss digital leadership, customer acquisition, customer experience and retention, and growth drivers. With speakers from brands such as Channel 4, John Lewis, AO.com, and Airbnb, you'll hear firsthand how these brands have approached and successfully implemented digital change in their businesses. Join us and meet the drivers of digital change. Visit digitalshift.com. Dot London and quote promo code pod20 for an exclusive 20% discount. That's digitalshift.london. I'll see you there. ClickSee, the original digital business intelligence company founded in 1997, provides best practice advice, trends and insight from leading analysts and practitioners to a global community of more than 100,000 digital marketing and e-commerce professionals. We'll be talking to more of our experts over the next few weeks. Until then, keep up to date with ClickSee. Thank you for listening and bye for now.